0: Welcome back to our talent contest. Uh, last contestant, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi! I'm, I'm Mal. Oh, ho. hi! Oh, Malvolio Magnifico. Well, welcome. Uh, so, what do you have for us? Um uh, this one. Uh, this. Yes! Oh my god, how did you know? Uh that's magnificent. Uh, nah. Well, that was a very impressive entry. Uh we will announce the winners later on in the night. Until then, I guess you have to go uh, perform um, across country, Malvolio, so good luck on your tour, and and, uh, we'll let you know if you win, okay? Thank you, take care. Oh, what a wonderful group of uh, talented artists we had performing tonight. Uh, Now... I hope Malvolio's drive uh, isn't too bad because, uh, well, I don't need to tell any of you uh, how bad the weather is out there right now. Um, is it? I mean, is it as bad as is where I am, where where you are? Uh, I know it's a it's a big lake, so sometimes the weather can be different. Um, you can probably hear the the rain being down on the roof right now, though, can't you? No. Uh, Okay. Well, anyway, uh, once again, Malvolio Magnifico, a uh, card musician, uh, blast of the performers tonight. Uh, give us a call at 818 806 8660 if you want to uh, let us know who you're voting for or if you just want to talk. That's good too. Uh, Did you celebrate Guy Fawkes the other night? I know I definitely burned something in effigy. Uh, How are you handling the rain? I hope none of you are driving um, or just lost in the woods. Hopefully you're all inside listening to some nice music and this radio show and just uh, just enjoying the storm. Any plans for the weekend? It doesn't matter. Uh, Or it does. Just uh, either way. Let us know over the phones, and uh, we'll have a nice talk tonight. I think tonight is the night for talking. Once again, 818-806-8660. Caller, you're on the air.
1: Colonel, there's just one thing I don't understand. Hello? If I'm alone in the facility, how come the, uh... Yes,
0: that's enough of that. Um, Next caller, anything more interesting to say?
1: Yes, hello. I was just
0: calling to vote for the Ventriloquist. I could barely see that the mouse were moving. Ah, thank you. We'll uh, add that to the tally. Next caller. Who did you like?
2: Oh, I'm not calling about the, the competition. It's my dog, Jerry. He got out.
0: Oh no, that's terrible. Uh, where did this happen? Is there anything we can do to help?
1: Out by Pine Lodge, so
0: please anybody, if you see him. Yes, uh, anybody, if if you see Jerry, please give us a call and help us out. But uh, caller, I'm I'm sure I'm sure your dog will be fine. Oh, he, he will. I'm not worried about Jerry. It's everybody else. Well, you heard them. Look out for a a dog near Pine Lodge, uh, one way or the other. Uh, feel free to call us if, if you do see a dog, especially one unattended. Uh, okay,
3: next caller. Uh, I'm listening. Oh, hey, Hank. Uh, two things tonight. Yeah, go ahead, shoot from the hip. First, uh, I just got to go ahead and vote for Ping Pong Lady. Uh, the show sounded like uh, quite the performance. Oh Oh, trust me, it was. It was great.
0: Uh, Caller, there was a second thing?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, look, uh, I haven't moved from my chair in uh about two days, Hank. Uh, why? Oh, uh, because there's uh, something coming down the hallway, and I, uh... Oh, what's coming down the hallway? Well, I can't see it. My My chair is at an angle, so the position's a bit off but I can feel it there you, you know how your ears get all staticky when something's creeping up on you it's uh it's it's like that I, I just know there's something there can you go can you go
0: look maybe this is just a really good opportunity to face your fear
3: no no cause if I look it's either there or it's not
0: so if something is there then you know it is there and you can run away or handle the situation how you need to. Um, or it isn't there, which, I mean, let's be honest, is a hell of a lot more likely, uh, in which case uh, it was never there to begin with. So no problem, right? No,
3: what, what, what part this don't you understand? I beg your pardon? If it's, if it's not there, that means it's somewhere else. But anyway, yeah, our Ping Pong Lady has to win. Bye. Okay. Uh, well, I hope you figure out that hallway, caller.
0: Uh, we're going to take a quick music break, but um, why do not I see this as an opportunity to call 818-806-8660 and uh, let us know who you're voting for tonight, or just uh, talk your way through this miserable night. Right, we're here for you. Be right back. (laughs) ¶¶
2: Angry if I thought of joining you. Gloomy Sunday. Gloomy Sunday with shadows I spend it all. My heart and I have decided to end it all. Soon there'll be candles and prayers that are sad I know Let them not weep, let them know that I'm glad to go Death is no dream, for in death I'm caressing you With the last breath of my soul I'll be blessing you Loom is Sunday we
0: Yes, welcome back. That was Gloomy Sunday with Paul Whiteman and Johnny Hauser. Anyone remember Johnny Hauser? I haven't heard that name in quite some time. Time for one more caller, and then we're going to do some ad read, uh, which is everybody's favorite time of the night. Uh, caller, you're on the air.
1: Aliens! What? I just seen some aliens up in the sky in their spaceship.
0: But it's raining.
1: Don't matter. They was under the rain and over the rain. And in the rain, too. I can see them wherever they go. Don't need my eyes, either.
0: Oh, all right. I guess it's going to be one of those nights. But, uh, yeah, really appreciate that call. Um, Caller, anyone else? Wait. Uh, yes?
1: Uh, can I have for the hair impressionist, please?
0: Yes, you may. Uh, And now, I guess, is as a good a time as any to go to the ad read. I'm sorry. It's time to wake
2: up. We have a sailor. And drive to buy. It's time to buy. It's time to buy. It's time to buy. Wake
1: up. I hadn't spoke to any of them in about six months. They were nervous, worried I'd retaliate. Don't blame them after what they did. All of them showed up though, except for Blake. I expected as much. The other four, they showed up right on time. They showed up in a group though, so I couldn't single them out. I think they were afraid I was plotting something. And I was, but they had no reason to suspect anything. Not yet. I did genuinely want to see my friends again. Beth and Susanna brought just enough wine for the both of them. Vegan sausage rolls too. I appreciated that. Something of an olive branch. Mark and Sally did the same thing except w- with a tofu volcano salad. Which was nice. I guess I should explain explained though. Six months earlier we were all having lunch. And I thought it would be hilarious to put meat in my food. I'm the only vegetarian in the group C. There's just something about not eating meat that makes certain people go a little bit crazy. Like, they have to catch you out or something. Seriously, try it. Tell a bunch of people you're a vegan now, and most of them won't care, but a few of them will. You'll see. Anyway. They tricked me into eating the meat, and when I found out, yeah, I did, I went a bit... I I made a few violent threats, but so what? Would they do the same to someone abstaining from alcohol on religious grounds? Do they go to AA meetings and spike the coffee? Of course they don't. But yeah, I said a few things, I, I guess scared them, and suddenly I'm the bad guy. Even if they had just invaded my insides with their rancid meat. It was just a joke, they said. Not understanding, it was never funny to me. Sure though, I did have a plan for revenge. But it wasn't anything like what they were expecting. Not by a long shot. No poof in the food or acid in the punch bowl or... Feeding them their own entrails, which admittedly was something I alluded to at one point. Nothing of the sort. No, for the most part. I just wanted them to come over to mine and eat. I wanted to show them my cooking. Because no animals died in the making of my food, or so I told them. And they couldn't believe it, because the meat in my food. It was, it was so, it was so meaty. They were like, is, is this seitan? Nope, no, it's not seitan. It's a tempeh. No. It can't be tofu. Tofu tastes like damp underwear, they said. Well, right they were, but it was none of that stuff. So it must be meat then, Sally wondered. In a way, I told her, Finally, Mark said, Ah, good, so you're off the crazy vegan train and and, and eating meat again. No, no, I'm not eating anything, I told them. There was a pause. "Uh, Where's Blake? Susanna asked. Nobody knew. I had an idea where he was. They kept on eating, but the more they ate, the more confused they were by the food and how meaty it tasted and the more worried about Blake's absence they became. They didn't understand how a long-term vegan could make such realistic meat. Yeah, you, you just have to have started eating meat again. How else could you get the texture down like this? That was what Beth asked me. The rest agreed. You cannot imagine how happy they were at just the thought of me eating meat again like it had any impact on their life on a daily basis whatsoever. That's how it is, though. We all live in these little bubbles and hate to be confronted by the possibility we don't have all the answers. I had all the answers. I knew exactly what was in their food. And I wasn't about to tell them, neither. They'd find out when the time was right. After an hour, though, they started to get worried about Blake. It was that and the wine that set them off, I think. Mark had the idea first. Sort of creeping, dawning realization of what he thought I'd done. No, he said. What? I asked him, trying not to give anything away. You Did you put... Blake and the food to get back at us for that prank six months ago. I laughed. They didn't. Did you? Sally asked. I paused. I'd want to give away the joke just yet, but I could tell I needed to say something because they were just about to start to panic. I think one of them was about to call the police. Had their phone out anyway. Talk about overreacting. So... I had to calm the situation. I said, no, it's not Blake. And I explained to them that I'd come to realize they were right all along. And actually, it was all my fault for taking their jokes so seriously. It was just a joke, after all. Forcing someone to go against their morals was just a funny joke. After all. A silly, funny joke. And for a second there, I think I calmed them down. But then I did something stupid. I said, Enjoy your meat, which set Mark off. He yelled, son of a, and then he leapt across the table to get to me. Something miraculous happened there, though. I couldn't have planned it better myself, because just as they were all about to get agitated, thinking I'd murdered Blake and stuffed him into various items of foodstuffs, who should arrive at the door, looking all confused? But Blake, limbs on and everything. Oh, if you could have seen the look on everyone's face when they realized how ridiculous they'd been. Beth couldn't done the fastest. I just made it look like i murdered Blake. That was the joke all along. All the gore in the kitchen, the bloody handprints, and the way I was acting, it was all just part of the show. They all laughed their little pathetic, bitter laughs, knowing they'd been bested by the master. Blake seemed confused. And then the rest of them seemed confused because they thought he was in on the whole joke. He wasn't though. He's too stupid for it. But they sat down and finished their meals and didn't think much of it. Not until they'd all finished eating. That was the plan all along, you see. The real plan. Get the little drama confrontation out of the way early. I had to show them. I had to show them how it felt, and there's no easy way to do that with meat-eaters, is there? So I had to make sure the plan had more layers than the trifle I'd served them earlier. And that's when I asked them. I said, so, Mark, Sally, Beth, Susanna, Blake, where are your children tonight? Ha, you should have seen the looks on their faces when it all sunk in. Almost made the whole thing worth it.
2: Told me you were dead. Fort Randall, Dakota Territory. Legally, by a dog. What do you want, stranger? Oh.
1: danced for nearly two hours before mercifully severing the victim's pulmonary artery. There were no witnesses. Police are once again at a loss. In happier news, the old majestic cinema is reopening tomorrow after more than seven years.
0: Thank you there. That was John Krilling with the early morning news. As always, don't hesitate to call the local authorities if you know anything about the recent incidents. But enough about that. Uh, I have an email uh, from Daisy. Uh, She says, hello, Hank. Uh, Great show, as always. Did you know that in the 1940s, most people dreamed in black and white? Well, I didn't know that, and that is very interesting. I uh, currently dream in all monochrome, so I can relate. That's oddly comforting. Anyway, we're going to go and read the uh, results of this week's talent contest shortly, but before then, backed by popular demand, I thought I would read a couple of excerpts from my relative's journal. Um, And then we'll get to the winner. But first, let's see what my distant relative is up to. August 5th. I woke up with a headache. The last time I had felt so bad was when I'd indulged almost exclusively on sugary cocktails for 12 hours after some particularly good news. I don't remember drinking. Looking back through my journal, I can see that a dozen or more pages have been destroyed by scrawl and spilt ink. This used to happen back in the, and then, uh, this line's been crossed out. I can't really see what it says. Um, Anyway, but I thought I was past uh, such episodes. Must have been the drinking. The drinking? I don't remember it any more than I remember drawing bizarre symbols and scribbling dead languages on the pages of my journal. My head though, and the fact that my attic room has been trashed, told me there had been alcohol involved. I was too dehydrated, my nerves too jittery, for it to be anything else. Nothing hot coffee and food couldn't solve of course. Stranger than the scrawlings and the cavernous din inside my skull was the fact that the last thing written the night before was about trying to escape the town again. I don't recall attempting to escape the first time, let alone wanting to try again. Why would I? The money and resources spent on ensuring I had a mountainous retreat to focus on my research was almost more than I could stomach to think about, and to leave after barely two days, I must have really been on something. No, the fact of the matter was I would be staying, and it was perhaps best I'd get gotten the cabin fever out of my system so early in the trip. Now I had a whole 47 days to focus on the task at hand. The cathartic release, perhaps, a subconscious purging of dormant feelings, a f- and farewell to them, too. There will be no place for sentimentality once my work is complete. For much of the morning, I tidied my lodgings while I struggled to remember why I had prompted a night of celebration. There, I remembered the festival. Visions of a road to nowhere, of running, saxophones, and dancing couples. Close-up images of strangers' flesh, the taste of saliva and cigarettes lingering in the gaps between my teeth. It must have been a fun night. When I left my rooms the first time, I sat eagerly waiting breakfast. I sat there for some time. The building seemed quiet again. No more parties outside. It should have been relaxing. But the absence of sound is sometimes worse than the rhythmic dinner festivals. Why else do people fill their rooms with record players and metronomes? Why do artists and poets hum to themselves while they work? Because the silence will consume us in ways noise cannot. I left my table and poked my head into the kitchen. No one. Signs of an earlier breakfast batch, but except for a pile of drying pots there was nothing promising a return. It was only when I looked at the clock on the far wall that I realized I'd missed breakfast by a good three hours. How unlike me. Clocks are another way we fight off the silence and I think they are almost symbolic of all the totems. The sound of time itself passing away, warding off the vesting emptiness of space. Were I a poet? A philosopher? Alas, I am nothing more than an investigative scientist of sorts. With the day already escaping me and knowing full well I would get no work done on an empty stomach and dulled head. I left the lodgings in search of a restaurant. In the next few weeks the tourists would arrive in flocks so I knew somewhere would be open. There were no signs of the celebrations from the day before, the ground devoid of litter, spilt fluids, the usual telltale signs of a raucous night. No, in fact there was not even snow on the ground which i considered to be quite strange considering how much had fallen the night before actually now that i think about it how had they even been able to celebrate so brazenly in the midst of a snowstorm i guess that's mountain folk for you remember the month sequestered near reichenbach of course you do so I walked down to where the hotels and private homes gave way to gift shops, grocery stores, and restaurants. The tiered semicircle of buildings overlooked the edge of the mountain. Below us were the woods, above us, the more glacial of the mountains. Greyish white fangs all around, ragged edges, and single buildings hidden away on the side of them. Ski lifts and resting stations. The peaks of the Elder Mountains hidden behind a layer of cloud. There are few places on earth where one can feel so humbled. In the middle of the ocean, staring up at the night sky in a desert, or surrounded by the mountains older than the human race. They had watched the town before it was a town, and they would watch over it when it was a town no more. By comparison, I was insignificant. The town was there when I arrived and would be there after I died, as with us all. I stood there looking at the land around me for some time, almost forgetting about my hunger pangs and my aching joints my dropping blood pressure. It was only when someone bumped into me that my meditation was broken. I turned. It was the woman I had arrived in town with. Something stopped me from saying anything, and I watched her walk off toward an opening tavern. She was still wearing a white dress. Perhaps she'd been caught in the celebrations for too long to change. I felt compelled to follow her, but remembered myself before my feet could take over. Noticing my own body's inclinations, I decided instead to walk to the further side of the tourist sector and find somewhere to, to eat there. The jazz bar was open. I remembered it all at once. I wound up heading in there the day prior. The memories of the night still remained a mystery, locked in a cage of my own making. I had no desire to discover what sort of fool I had been, content in knowing that I had been a fool. The owner appeared through a doorway their face looking swollen and bruised. They looked over at me and gave me a slight nod before disappearing back into the darkness. I would visit some other time. For now, though, today at least, I walked between two closed trinket stalls and found myself standing next to a tiny cafe hidden away in the alley. There must have been only enough room for five customers, but since there were no customers and I the only person... I sat down in the corner and waited to be served. The waiter shuffled out of some back room eventually, reluctant to be working. The sort of blasé attitude of those benefiting from either nepotism or the delusions of a future success. At either rate, they noticed me sitting down in the corner, scratching some notes in preparation for the afternoon's research. It was only when they drew closer that I realized they were hideously scarred. A face worn and warped by a lifetime of cuts and bruises. Patches of dead skin where burns blistered and and acne had taken ownership of the waiter's face. I knew in that moment it was not smug self-satisfaction that drove the lad, but shame and grief. Grief of all the futures he would never have. Grief and never having the chance to make an honest first impression, shaming having survived. Perhaps this was all projection though. He was nice enough, taking my order of black coffee and an assortment of breads without much hassle. The coffee was always a little strong in the mountains, I discovered. Too weak by the sea and too strong at altitude. Probably something to that. I sipped away and made notes in preparation for my work, and only noticed someone lumbering over me when I happened to glance. Over at my pastry. I don't know how long I had been standing there. An older man in a dark uniform. I didn't recognize the branch he was from. His face was blank and his eyes were hidden behind black circles. You must be new here, he said. Yes, this is my third day, I answered. Then you are forgiven. But that is my seat for future reference, he said to me. I had an indignant retort ready to fire off, but he walked away before it escaped my lips. The waiter had been watching from a slit in the door. He waddled toward me once the man was gone. Chief Inspector, he explained. Very angry man. I should have told you. Didn't think he'd come until later. No, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll make a point of sitting here every day from now on. The waiter made as if to warn me off this decision, but I was called back into the kitchen by a deep voice, and I was a- alone with my empty plates and full stomach. I decided to get to work. All too often, people make their routine more of a job than the work itself, and if one is not careful, it will be nightfall before I finish preparing for the day ahead of them. Time is one source we cannot renew, a debtor we will never satisfy. I returned to my studies and worked laboriously, until my hands could no longer function, until the sky outside was devoid of light, until the candles sputtered and the hum of electricity seemed to vanish. I was alone, my work for the day complete, the hazy memories of regrets, already an embarrassing anecdote not worth worrying about there is a knock at the door bear with me it is the owner of the lodge they have not been seen since the day before and i must go help look for them until tomorrow my good friends Well that was another day for my relative They they sure know Some interesting tourist locations I have to try and find out Where they got off to Uh, But I've just been told that we are now going to do A quick ad read and then announce The winners of this week's Talent show so please Stay tuned and uh, don't go anywhere Uh, Which I guess uh, Most of you can't right now So Yeah Be right back. Hey, just a quick message from our amazing new sponsors for this show. Vernon's VPN. Are you tired of having your personal information Mm -hmm. stolen from hackers and Russian mobsters and robots and spies and aliens and bad guys? Well, go to Vernon's and he will do all of the stuff for you and then just print out what you need to know and you'll be fine because Vernon's computers are all in a giant metal box buried underground thank you trust Vernon trust Vernon's VPN about the promo code. oh and hey before I go why not visit him and use the promo code EldritchLakeAM and get a free 10 minutes in his metal storage facility for free mm-hmm. absolutely free when you use the promo code hey, Eldritch only Charge. in person when you go to Vernon's VPN storage facility. Just off the highway 99999. And now it's time to announce the winner of this week's talent competition. Who will it be? Well, we've tabulated all of your emails and calls and we're happy to announce the winner is and now I just do i have to pause you're joking is that the winner is claudio the mime artist let's hear it for claudio uh before we uh give you your trophy is there anything else you want to do oh you want to do wow everybody listening at home we do have Claudio has very generously offered to give us another two minutes of mime, which uh, you want to track? Yeah. Uh, does anyone can we play can we play some music for Claudio, please? Okay, well here we go. Here we are with our tin horns, pretty horns, shiny horns. I hope we play these notes before. We fall down a go boom boom let guys i played horsey down No, nope, no, nope, nope, that was down the side, yeah, he's still got i fought
2: down and go boom i got right up on my horse Brill, of course was my horse when somebody moved my horse i fought down and go boom i cried and i cried and i ran off them all it's all right now but how there's certain
0: place Was hurt. How'd it put me Straight to bed Straight to bed But all my hands In my dreams They moved to bed And I fought on to go full Okay, uh, thank you, Thank you, Kaleido. That was A wonderful performance. Uh, wow, an amazing way To end the show With that fantastic Display of memory. Oh, you, do you want to stay? Do you have anything You want to say? Oh, uh, no, no, he's gone. Bit of a prima donna, but there we go. So obviously we'll be doing that again next week and every week from here to the end of the universe. So uh, feel free to enter your your own. Next week, can we turn this music off, please? Uh, seriously. He's, he's left. We don't... He's miming outside. What... Well, but, I mean... Uh, okay, well, yeah, I guess we're, uh, we're, we're done for the night. Uh, thank you everyone for calling 818-806-8660 if you have any, anything you want to say... Any other future night on the show. Um, and again, thanks to all our contestants and all those who called in today. Thank you very much. Uh, I now turn you over to Tiffany with her early morning jazz hour. Thank you. Playing us out is Jerome Conrad and his orchestra because it's public domain. And the studio won't spend any money on music. Uh, again, see you see you tomorrow. Bye. Just see.
2: Yeah, be. yeah, see He'll sink the ship with his big tail You ought to hear Olaf oh, laugh, laugh Oh, you ought to hear Olaf oh, laugh, laugh There's only one thing left to do That save the ship and sink the crew You ought to hear Olaf oh, laugh, laugh Oh, you ought to hear Olaf oh, laugh, laugh With a ha-ha-ha and a he-he-he in he, 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 the great big ho-ho-ho I laughed, you laughed, just like Olaf, oh, yes Oh, no, the captain said you heard me speak out of here all that black.
0: Good morning, everyone. The first